0: Let's go to Holland and welcome to the show uh, from the documentary All Things Must Pass and the CBS TV show Life in Pieces. This is Colin Hanks. Colin, how are you, buddy?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Good. Good to have you on the show. Can you settle something for us real quick? This show is oddly obsessed with a movie that you made a brief appearance in, That Thing You Do. Oh gosh. Okay. I, I'm telling Wait, you. Am I settling a bet? What am I doing? Well, it's a it's a something that you're probably going to go. situation. Yeah, you're going to go, oh yeah, But we, but we, okay. So we have seen this movie a gazillion times. The whole show, not even together. We've actually given homework to people that have joined the show. Made them watch it. Yes. My nine-year-old son watches it all the time. So uh, when I got to see the director's cut of the movie, I find out that Mr. White is homosexual. Yes.
1: Uh, it is never illicitly said, but it is implied.
0: Why else would he and Howie Long be driving around in a small convertible together?
1: (laughs) Hey guys, can we just enjoy the fact that it's Howie Long just for a moment, <laughs> well,
0: right? M- Mr. White was enjoying it, let me tell you that. we The reason why, so I see this scene in a movie that I've seen a dozen times and all of a sudden I'm watching this director's cut that I don't even know exists and I see that part and the next day I wake up and I go, did I just, did I dream that? That, uh, And then I'm asking other people and nobody knows and then Oba Babatunde, who's in the movie, is in the studio with us and I ask him and he has no knowledge of it whatsoever.
1: <laughs> I don't think he worked that day. Neat, that's what I'm that's saying.
0: What if you missed the one day of work, you have no idea. An incredible uh, plot twist, but I, I just want to thank you. I needed some sort of verification that I wasn't dreaming that.
1: No, you're not dreaming
0: that. I don't know why I would dream about that. <laughs> yeah. But Either way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> Colin Hanks is joining this is about us on the
1: show. You really? <laughs> this is about you.
0: You know what? If I had to pick two guys. Neither one of them would be yeah, that, there, I don't think. Uh, tell me about the documentary All Things Must Pass. You could look at it at uh, TowerRecordsMovie.com. It is uh, premiering in Miami. What, is this about the rise and fall of the record industry or the record company?
1: Uh, it's, more, it's more about uh, Tower Records, but it, it's also about the record industry as well. You know, Tower Records is a really unique place. Um, obviously, they had 192 stores around the world when they closed in 2006, but their history is is really pretty spectacular. That. A lot of really interesting things happened inside the doors of the, of, of that company, not just the storefronts that they that they operated. It was a really fun place to work, amazing place to shop, and they were really the forefathers uh, and the front runners for a lot of the music industry in terms of how things were were done, how things were. Were, were operated uh and uh you know a lot of fun stories um with some really engaging fun characters but we also sort of explore the real reason why tower uh, no longer exists because it's not just uh the simple little tidy uh, bow of oh, the internet killed tower it's really a little bit more complicated than that and i think it's a really fun engaging film
0: uh it, it is interesting to think about when you're a kid i mean you're an l.a kid So you saw that iconic Tower Records that was there for so many years, and for guys like me, it was always that mall record store. Right. And that, uh, that's... Well,
1: no, well, but no. Um, I actually grew up in Sacramento. So my dad lived in Los Angeles. My mom grew up... My mom lived in Sacramento. So I would split my time between the two. I actually never set foot in the Sunset location. Really? Um, I actually, Yeah, no. I actually uh, grew up in Sacramento where Tower uh, Records was founded. Russ Solomon started selling used 78s out of his father's drugstore in 1941. That's how he got into the business, and then he opened up the first Tower Records proper, as we know it, in 1960. And so I went to, arguably, the first two Tower Records um, uh, that ever existed. Um, and so growing up, Tower was really a point of civic pride for me. And then as I uh, got older and I moved down to Los Angeles permanently for college, I would go to the Tower on, uh, in uh, Santa Monica, the Tower Records in uh, Marina del Rey. Um, But when I would travel around, I would also see the Tower Records, you know, at the the mall in uh, Beaverton, Oregon, or the one at number one Piccadilly in London. So Mm -hmm. I sort of got to see the the gamut of, of the Tower Records. And even though there were multiple Tower Records, each one was really run like an independent record store. It wasn't one of these scenarios in which the top was telling the bottom how it needed to operate. It was really the bottom telling the top how they were operating. Because each one had its own art department. Each one had its own buyer. Each one had its own uh, clerks that would uh, open up the store, organize the store, and run it. And so each store was really, truly operated like its own independent record store. It was run by the kids, not by the bosses.
0: And and that was
1: one of the things that made it really unique. And you've you got to remember, this is a billion-dollar company at one point. So... It's a pretty interesting way to run a billion-dollar company. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, no kidding. But uh, what, what was the ultimate downfall? If it was not for the uh, just the fact that everything kind of went digital.
1: It was a combination of a bunch of things, and it starts with the introduction of the CD very early on, and the music industry really going all in on the CD, and a majority of that business being people just rebuying their record collection on CDs. Mm. can't really prop up an entire industry like that. It's not really a smart way to do business. Um, There's also uh, the music industry stopped selling singles. And so you lost an entire generation of kids even coming into a store. So, uh, so you know, really it's all about trying to combat free. And if you've got an $18 item, it's kind of hard to combat free. There's not really much of a competition there. But if you have a single that's maybe a dollar, well, that's a little bit easier to battle with with free and at least you're getting kids into the store but if you stop selling that kids don't come in the store that's the entire generation of the kids that end up uh, uh, using napster in college just a few years later um, and then there's also other things like Walmart and all of these other sort of big box places getting into the business of selling cds and selling it uh... at an incredibly low cost because they don't really care they're much more interested in selling washing machines and blenders you know there are all of these different factors never mind the you know the personal ones within the company, um, the the personal squabbles, the uh, the health issues of, of Russ uh, uh, Solomon, its founder, as well as the the, the departing um, accountant, but. Uh, uh bud who was sort of the no man to russ's yes man there are a lot of different factors that sort of lead into it and we get into that do a little bit of uh in you know a little bit in the film
0: I, I think it's very interesting especially since i've lived through that uh you know starting out with small neighborhood record stores through the change and all that and then to see it at the end of what but now isn't there isn't there something at least uh going back up for tower records another store in la that's opening or the original store
1: Oh no, that's us. We painted up this store on uh. Sunset, and we threw a party there. <laughs> oh, nice! Oh, you got everybody on Facebook all excited. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we we, we we threw a party there because you know, I mean, as much you know, it, it sounds like this is all just a documentary about a store that went away, but really, it's a, it's a story about the people that worked there. And one of the things that was really engaging to me when uh, when we were making the film and and we got to know Russ is it wasn't an amazing company to work for. There were kids that started off as clerks that ended up working at this one company for 20, 25, 30 years yeah. and really became a family and really uh, had the time of their lives going around the country opening up Tower Record stores. And, you know, when the company starts going under and you see everyone grabbing at straws trying to keep it alive and they can't, it's a really heartbreaking thing that, that they went through and, and they, they they talk about it in the film, and it really gives the film its heart. So it's it's not just people's, you know, nostalgic remembrances of what we made Tower special. It's really the story of these people uh, that spent, you know, a large chunk of their lives, you know, devoted to Tower and, and really celebrating that.
0: it's you know, very interesting. You know, I
1: said 96 at Rotten Tomatoes, dang it. There's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: really uh I want, I want to, I also like CBGB's in, in New York was one of those things where you saw it going away and failing and it had been run and all these young bands that came up. And I always wonder why somebody just didn't step up like Springsteen or one of those guys who spoke out about what a great place it was and didn't just pay for it. Right. Know, I got all this money. Why don't I just pay for it? Uh, the, the documentary is called all things must pass. You can find it uh, the info at tower records, Colin Hanks, should you uh, direct the whole thing?
1: I did, yes. Yeah. Directed
0: it, yeah. Uh, and then also, you could see uh, Colin on CBS's Life in Pieces, which airs Thursday nights at thirty. which we've had James Brolin on. It's a very uh, to funny show. About it before. Yeah. But I don't know, you got some balls on you. That'd be like, You're kind of like uh, Michael Jordan's kid saying, I'm going to grow up and play basketball too, and it actually going very well for you. So that had to be a, a, a bold decision.
1: Well, listen, I, I'm doing what I'm doing because I like it, and I damn the
0: torpedoes otherwise. <laughs> good for you. Very good to talk to you, man, and thank you for settling my uh, my Mr. White scandal.
1: No problem. Take care. Best All right. Good luck. Sorry Take- to burst your bubble, man. No,
0: I loved it. Are you kidding me? Thank you. All
1: right. <laughs> All right. Take it
0: easy. I didn't burst my bubble. No, he right. let you know what the deal was though, and we figured it out that you weren't dreaming it. Yeah. If I was, why I was dreaming about <laughs> Tom Hanks and right. Harry Long together. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks.